0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the world of percy jackson in this episode we are going to read chapters 43 to 44 and in the previous episode we read chapters 41 to 42 where near the end of the chapter of 42 we had found out that percy and annabeth had been caught and now we will read chapter 43 to see what exactly is going to happen and how piper is going to and the rest of the crew are going to save them. If you haven't checked out the previous episode, I highly recommend you do. And yes. But before we go into the reading the rest of the chapter, I have a announcement to make. Um, if you will go to the bio of this podcast, I have officially made an Instagram. Um, yes. And after much careful consideration, I decided that... I think that this would be the best way to give announcements and uh, future shout outs. So I'll try my best to get those um, up and going. But yes, do please check out the Instagram um, account that I have attached in the bio. And if you're able to follow, that will be greatly appreciated. But yeah, um, so now we will read chapter 43, Piper. Piper watched in horror as the giant king rose to his full height, almost as tall as the temple columns. His face looked just as Piper remembered: green as bile with a twisted sneer, his seaweed-colored hair braided with swords and axes taken from dead demigods. He loomed over the captives, watching them wriggle. They arrived just as you foresaw, Enceladus. Ha ha ha! Well done. Piper's old enemy bowed his head, braided bones clattering in his dreadlocks. "'It was simple, my king!' The flame designs gleamed on his armor. His spear burned with purplish fire. He only needed one hand to hold his captive. Despite all of Percy Jackson's power, despite everything he had survived, in the end he was helpless against the sheer strength of the giant and the inevit- inevitability of the prophecy. "'I knew these two would lead the assault,' Enceladus continued. I understand how they think, Athena and Poseidon. They were just like these children. They both came here thinking to claim this city. Their arrogance has undone them. Over the roar of the crowd, Piper could barely hear herself think. But she replayed Enceladus's words. These two would lead the assault. Her heart raced. The giants had expected Percy and Annabeth. They so didn't expect her. For once, being Piper McLean, the daughter of Aphrodite, the one nobody took seriously, might play to her advantage. but tried to say something, but the giantess Paraboya shook her by the neck. Shut up! None of your silver-tongued trickery! The princess drew a hunting knife as long as Piper's sword. Let me do the honors, father! Wait, daughter. The king stepped back. The sacrifice must be done properly. Thun, destroyer of the fates. Come forward! The wizened gray giant shuffled into sight, holding an oversized meat cleaver. He fixed his milky eyes on Annabeth. Percy shouted. At the other end of the Acropolis, a hundred yards away, a geyser of water shot into the sky. King Porphyrian laughed. (laughs) You'll have to do better than that, son of Poseidon. The earth is too powerful here. Even your father wouldn't be able to summon more than a salty spring. But never fear, the only liquid we require from you is your blood. Piper scanned the sky desperately. Where was the Argo II? Soon knelt and touched the blade of his cleaver reverently against the earth. Mother Gaia. His voice was impossibly deep, shaking the ruins, making the metal scaffold resonate under Piper's feet. In ancient times, blood mixed with your soil to create life. Now, let the blood of these demigods return the favor. We bring you to full wakefulness. We greet you as our eternal mistress." Without thinking, Piper leaped from the scaffolding. She sailed over the heads of the cyclops and ogres, landed in the center of the courtyard, and pushed her way into the circle of giants. As Thune rose to use his cleaver, Piper slashed upward with her sword. She took off Thune's hand at the wrist. The old giant wailed. The cleaver and severed hand lay in the dust at Piper's feet. She felt her mist disguise burn away unless... Until she was just Piper again. One girl in the midst of an army of giants. Her jagged bronze blade. Like a toothpick compared to their massive weapons. What?! Is this, porphyrian thunder? How dare this weak, useless creature interrupt? Piper followed her gut. She attacked. Piper's advantages: she was small, she was quick, and she was absolutely insane. She drew her knife catopterus and threw it at Enceladus, hoping he wouldn't. She wouldn't hit Percy by accident. She veered aside without witnessing the results, but judging from the giant's painful howl, she'd aimed well several giants ran at her at once Piper dodged between their legs and let them bash their heads together she wove through the crowd jabbing her sword into dragon scale feet at every opportunity and yelling RUN! RUN AWAY! to sow confusion NO! STOP HER! her shouted KILL HER! a spear almost impaled her Piper swerved and kept running it's just like capture the flag she told herself only the enemy team is all 30 feet tall A huge sword sliced across her path. Compared to her sparring practice with Hazel, the strike was ridiculously slow. Piper leaped over the blade and zigzagged toward Annabeth, who was still kicking and writhing in Paraboy's grip. Piper had to free her friend. Unfortunately, the giantess seemed to anticipate her plan. I think not, demigod! Paraboy yelled. This one bleeds! The giantess raised her knife. Piper screamed and charm speak. Charm speak. Miss! At the same time, Annabeth kicked up with her legs to make herself a smaller target. Paraboya's knife passed beneath Annabeth's legs and stabbed the giant's own palm. Ow! Paraboya dropped Annabeth, alive but not unscathed. The dagger had slashed a nasty gash across the back of her thigh. As Annabeth rolled away, her blood soaked into the earth. The blood of Olympus, Piper thought with dread. But she couldn't do anything about that. She had to help Annabeth. Piper lunged at the giantess. Her jagged blade suddenly felt ice cold in her hands. The surprised giantess glanced down as the sword of the Boread pierced her gut. Frost spread across her bronze breastplate. Piper yanked out her sword. The giantess toppled backward, steaming white and frozen solid. Paraboy hit the ground with a thud. My daughter! King Porphyry leveled his spear and charged. Percy had other ideas. Enceladus had dropped him, probably because the giant was busy staggering around with Piper's na- knife embedded in his forehead, ichor streaming into his eyes. Piper, Percy had no weapon. Perhaps his sword had been confiscated or lost in the fighting, but he didn't let that stop him. As the giant king ran toward Piper, Percy grabbed the tip of Porphyrian's spear and forced it down to the ground. The giant's own momentum lifted off, off him off his feet in an unintentional pole vault maneuver, and he flipped over onto his back. Meanwhile, Annabeth dragged herself across the dirt. Piper ran to her side. She stood over her friend, sweeping her blade back and forth to keep the giants at bay. Cold blue steam now wreathed her blade. Who wants to be the next popsicle? She yelled, channeling anger into her charm speak. Who wants to go back to Tartarus? That seemed to hit her nerve. The giant shuffled uneasily, glancing at the frozen body of Paraboya. And why shouldn't Piper intimidate them? Aphrodite was the most ancient Olympian, born of the sea and the blood of Aranos. She was older than Poseidon or Athena or even Zeus. And Piper was her daughter. More than that, she was a McLean. Her father had come from nothing. Now he was known all over the world. The McLeans didn't retreat. Like all Cherokee, they knew how to endure suffering, keep their pride, and when necessary, fight back. This was the time to fight back. Forty feet away, Percy bent over the giant king, trying to yank a sword from the braids of his hair, but Porfirian wasn't as stunned as he let on. Fools! Porphyrion backhanded Percy like a pesky fly. The son of Poseidon flew into a column with a sinking crunch. Porphyrion rose. These demigods cannot kill us. They do not have the help of the gods. Remember who you are. The giants closed in. A dozen spears were pointed at Piper's chest. Annabeth struggled to her feet. She retrieved Paraboya's hunting knife, but she could barely stand upright, much less fight. Each time a drop of her blood hit the ground, it bubbled, turning from red to gold. Percy tried to stand, but he was obviously dazed. He wouldn't be able to defend himself. Piper's only choice was to keep the giants focused on her. Come on, then! She yelled. I'll destroy you all myself if I have to. A metallic smell of storm filled the air. All the hairs on Piper's arms stood up. The thing is said a voice from above. You don't have to. Piper's heart could have floated out of her body. At the top of the nearest colonnade stood Jason, his sword gleaming in gold in the sun. Frank stood at his side, his bow ready. Hazel sat astride Arian, who reared and whinnied in challenge. With a deafening blast, a white bolt arced from the sky, straight through Jason's body as he leaped, wreathed in lighting, lightning at the giant king. And that's the end of chapter 43. I think that, well, firstly, it was a very, it was an amazing chapter. And I think that this is something that we can kind of see of an arc here. Kind of like a shift in mindset for Piper. As we all know, it's a very common conception that. All of these demigods, as we continue to look through their perspectives, they all feel some kind of less worth and value. Starting off, it seems like they don't have much self-esteem. And it's very, very upsetting to see. To regular mortals, it's amazing at first thought. I mean, these demigods are the children of gods. But throughout these books, we see that the life of being a demigod is not as easy as it may s- sound at first. Once you begin to dig deeper into the iceberg, there's a lot more drawbacks than there are to having benefits of being a child of a god or a goddess. And I think that these books were really able to highlight that, and we could see that in Piper's perspective. She feels as though being the daughter of Aphrodite in the beginning is something that shouldn't even matter. I mean, she wasn't even there, and her father was practically the only one who raised her. She uses that as a way of trying to diminish the fact that she has any relationship with Aphrodite in the first place. But as the book progresses on and we continue to learn more about Piper, we see that she's starting to even take in those drawbacks, trying to overcome those drawbacks that she sees for herself. We, start, we started seeing it when she took over as camp counselor. And now we are seeing it as she once saw things that were potentially as drawbacks, such as seeing that the monsters anticipated Percy and Annabeth to be the leaders, but not Piper, to turning those points of drawback into moments of triumph, moments of opportunity. And I think that that's something that we can really admire with Piper here. After the break, we'll come back and we'll finish up by reading chapter 44 and come back while also reading the Q&A session. So, see you after the break. And we're back from the ads, and now we're going to read chapter 44, Piper. For the next three minutes, life was great. So much happened at once that only an ADHD demigod could have kept track. Jason fell on King Porphyron with such force that the giant crumpled to his knees, blasted with lightning, and stabbed in the neck with a golden gladius. Frank unleashed a hail of arrows, driving back the giants nearest to Percy. The Arger II rose above the ruins, and all the ballistae and catapults fired simultaneously. Leo must have programmed the weapons with surgical precision. A wall of Greek fire roared upward all around the Parthenon. It didn't touch the interior, but in a flash, most of the smaller monsters around it were incinerated. Leo's voice boomed over the loudspeaker Surrender! You are surrounded by one spanking hot war machine! The giant Enceladus howled in outrage. Valdez! Oh, what's up, Enceladus? Leo's voice roared back. Nice dagger in your forehead! Grr! The giant pulled Catopterus out of his head. Monsters! Destroy that ship! The remaining forces tried their best. A flock of griffins rose to attack. Festus the figurehead blew flames and charbroiled them out of the sky. A few earthborn launched a volley of rocks, but from the sides of the hull, a dozen Archimedes spheres sprayed out, intercepting the boulders and blasting them to dust. Put some clothes on, Buford ordered. Hazel spurred Arian off the colonnade, and they leaped into battle. The 40-foot fall would have broken any of the horse's legs, but Arian hit the ground running. Hazel zipped from giant to giant, sticking them with the blade of her spatha. With extremely bad timing, Kekrops and his snake people chose that moment to join the fight. In four or five places around the ruins, the ground turned to green goo, and armed Gemini burst forth. Kekrops himself in the lead. Kill the demigods, he hissed. Kill the tricksters! Before many of his warriors could follow, Hazel pointed her blade at the nearest tunnel. The ground rumbled. All the gooey membranes popped, and the tunnels collapsed. Billowing plumes of dust. Kekrops looked around at his army now reduced to six guys. Slither away! He ordered. He ordered. Frank's arrows cut them down as they tried to retreat. The giantess Paraboya had thawed with alarming speed. She tried to grab Annabeth, but despite her bad leg, Annabeth was standing her ground. She stabbed at the giantess with her own hunting knife and led her in a deadly game of tag around the throne. Percy was back on his feet. Riptide was once again in his hands. He still looked dazed. His nose was bleeding, but he seemed to be holding in his own against the old giant Thune, who had somehow reattached his hand and found his meat cleaver. Piper stood back-to-back with Jason, fighting every giant who dared to come close. For a moment, she felt elated. They were actually winning. But too soon, their element of surprise faded. The giants overcame their confusion. Frank ran out of arrows. He changed into a rhinoceros and leaped into battle, but as fast as he could knock down the giants, they got up again. Their wounds seemed to be healing faster. Ambeth lost ground against Paraboya. Hazel was knocked out of her saddle at 60 miles an hour. Jason summoned another lightning strike, but this time Porphyrian simply deflected off the tip of his spear. The giants were bigger, stronger, and more numerous. They couldn't be killed without the help of the gods, and they didn't seem to be tiring. The six demigods were forced into a defensive ring. Another volley of earthborne rocks hit the Argo II. This time, Leo couldn't return fire fast enough. Rows of oars were sheared off, the ship shuddered and tilted in the sky. Then Enceladus threw his fiery spear. It pierced the ship's hull and exploded inside, sending spouts of fire through the oar openings. An ominous black cloud billowed from the deck. Diargo II began to sink. Leo! Porphyrian laughed. (laughs) You demigods have learned nothing. There are no gods to aid you. We need only one more thing from you to make our victory complete. The giant king looked, smiled expectantly. He seemed to be looking at Percy Jackson. Piper glanced over. Percy's nose was still bleeding. He seemed unaware that a trickle of blood had made his way down to his face, to the end of his chin. Percy, look out Piper tried to say, but for once her voice failed her. A single drop of blood fell from his chin. It hit the ground between his feet and sizzled like a water on a frying pan. The blood of Olympus watered the ancient stones. The Acropolis groaned and shifted as the Earth Mother woke. And that's the end of chapter 44. So this marks the start of the true war. Throughout the entirety of the books in this series, we've seen instances where Gaia tries to communicate with the demigods through their dreams or through their head. But now we get to see that when she wakes, what, will she be at her full potential power, or will she still be at that point where she's still a little bit weakened? We're going to have to see. It's definitely going to be an interesting take in the next few weeks as we continue to read these episodes nonetheless. But with that being said, we will now conclude the reading for this chapter and we are now moving on to the Q&A session. A couple of disclaimers before I go into the Q&A session. Um, one, if I skip your question, um, I apologize. Do please let me know and I'll try my best to get it in the next episode. However, with that being said, um, if I do end up not answering question that I believe is a bit... Uh, is, is personal for me to answer and I feel uncomfortable answering it, I will probably not answer it right now. Hopefully in the future, I'll be able to start, um, opening up about myself a lot more, but at the moment right now, I am unable to answer any questions that are in regards to me, um, as a person. And, uh, the second one is if, uh i read a question and i believe that i answered it in a previous episode i will probably not answer it again this is just so i can start getting um answering more questions as many questions as i can um but do please check out the previous episodes that um i try my best that i answered them in um but yes so now without further ado uh Let's start with the questions. So the first one is, if you were a demigod, who would your parent be? And what would you name your weapon? Well, when I took the godly parent quiz, I got Athena. And if- and my weapon would probably be- let's see. Um, probably- I'm not sure what my weapon would be. Maybe a helm? similar to Athena's helm helmet I think it's a helmet it should be a helmet I hope it's a helmet but I think something close to Athena's helm um just I think it would be much easier f- uh, for um or sorry it would be very interesting to see the rather the war aspects of Athena Um, I think that we always get, are captured by that wisdom part of Athena. Uh, but I really, really would like to explore more of the battle side of Athena. So, I think I would definitely have Athena's helm as one of my weapons. Um, next question is, will you make a Hunger Games podcast? I'll have to think about it, but it's definitely in the maybe pile. Next question is, scariest monster in the series? Easily Tartarus. Um... Next question is, do you make the entire episode in one day or throughout the week? One day. Um, I just get it all done within one day. Uh, Next question is, would you rather live in Greece or Rome? I would probably like to live in between them so I could visit both of them and it would be a very fun experience. So I'm not a great geography person, but yes, that's where I would hope. To be in between Greece and Rome. Um, what's something about you that may be surprising? Uh, let's see. I have a fear of bugs. It's yeah, I'm very scared of them. It's it's a very scary thought. They're such tiny little creatures, but they can do so much to you that not even an animal 10 times your size could do so just the sheer thought of that probably makes me shudder but yeah uh next question is who would win percy or luke skywalker probably percy i think percy's experience with fighting with the war god all the way in the lightning thief to now i think he has a he probably would win that Um, next question. If Percy, Jason, Nico, Talia, Bianca, and Hazel got into a fight, who do you think would win? Winning-wise, I would say Percy. Um, but I don't think anybody would necessarily get hurt because they're all friends with each other, and I don't think, unless they were probably entranced, I would say it's Percy, most likely. And my opinion on Luke. I think that Luke... Is, very, is a very fascinating character because he represents the struggles that demigods face and how Luke was one of the characters. His I feel that Luke was a character where his intentions made sense, but his actions were where he was wrong. The way he went about his um, actions was where it made him feel like he was the villain this entire time when in reality his reasoning for the entire thing made sense I mean his anger towards Hermes for abandoning his family and then just the other scenarios that he's witnessed at his time at Camp Half-Blood I think that pent up anger it makes sense for him to feel that way But I think that the fact that he decided to side with Kronos and decide to attack even the innocent ones, including the demigods, who did no harm wrong, I think that's where he definitely went wrong. I think that maybe what Luke should have done, or maybe not should have done, because I know this is probably very hard to do, but I think that he definitely should have done something where he makes the gods realize what they were doing. And I think that this is what Percy really tried to do. Um at the end of the fight with Kronos, when he gets summoned and he's offered that immortality offer, I think that if he was with Luke, it really would have made up for that, for all of that pent up anger that Luke has had this entire time. I just, I wish he was there with Percy because they would, they both would have been able to bring so much justice and so much end to all the pain and suffering that demigods face on an everyday basis, both with their home life and their just life in general. And I think that it's something that I think that Luke is one of the most complex characters in the entirety of this, of all these books, of all the books that uh, Uncle Rick has written. I think that Luke is probably one of the most complex characters that he has ever written, and I think that that's what's amazing to read about him. So, yes, that concludes the end of the Q&A session. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to my responses as much as I enjoyed answering to those responses. And, yes, next week we will continue reading with chapter 45 to chapter 46, continue looking at what exactly is going to happen now that the Mother, Earth Mother, has awakened. So... Next week, we'll read chapters 45 to 46, and until then, stay safe and stay out of boredom. And be sure to check out the Instagram page.